Hello, welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts, a podcast where you, our listeners, can become part of a conversation with us. We are three therapists who are going to talk about the good, the hard, and all the in-betweens of life. Come join us. Hey, Maddie. Welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts. So we have Maddie here and she runs, runs the podcast, The Bad Broadcast, produces. Anything that happens with it, I do it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I came across it in the last couple months and you guys, I just feel like it was so needed in my 2020 just like yeah. a good laugh, an easy listen. And this is why I love it. And this is why I asked Maddie to be on because her her podcast is just, um, you know, just like a random smattering of like feel good, like funny stuff. But I love that she really normalizes mental health topics and puts that stuff in there. And talks openly about her own mental health and the things going on there and things she's learned. And I am just very impressed, honestly, by anybody who does that. TJ, you can't do I will cry on, I, into this microphone. We can <laughs> mute you and you can cry as much as you need. Okay. I'm just like in that corner over there crying. <laughs> We're like, okay, Maddie will be back in five. Don't worry. No, I, I mean, maybe three therapists can like finally teach me like the appropriate way to accept a compliment. Cause normally I'm like, just unfollow me. Just don't. <laughs> <laughs> this is too much. We're too close. You like me too much. No more. Yeah. Just, no, yeah. but I really do appreciate that. I, the fact that anybody spends any time listening to anything I say is like magic. So. Before we dive into maybe some heavier, I guess, like mental mm-hmm. health topics, I did have some random questions I thought oh, up that I, I just wanted to give you and just Please. see. Okay. First one. What do you think is the most underrated Disney movie? The most underrated Disney movie of mm-hmm. any Disney movie ever. Yep. Oh my gosh. Okay. Most so underrated fast. Disney movie. This is a, there's a lot of Disney movies. Mm-hmm. That was like not a hot take. Like there's <laughs> like, everybody knows there's a lot. Please tell me more. <laughs> if I don't know my, when I think of underrated, I probably think of like my personal favorite because I feel like they should be everybody's favorite. Like I love the Incredibles, but I know that's not like underrated. Oh. I know a lot of people love the Incredibles. Um, I think it's still it's interesting. Take. It's your favorite. You know? Yeah. I love the, and I also love, uh, I love Up. Not underrated. oh my gosh! Oh my I gosh. feel like I, Up is underrated. I yeah, cannot I just about that oh. movie. Right? Now. I listen to the Married Life Suite or whatever all the time. Yes, it's so good. No, it man, it'll make, no, it's the it's the most emotional like yeah. movie I've ever seen. Like ever, <laughs> like of yes. any movie I've of any drama anything. Dang, I wish I was more prepared. But the, what came to my mind was Incredibles. I love the Incredibles. Yeah, I think that's yeah, great. I agree. Yeah. Where even like out of Pixar, I feel like most people wouldn't choose the Incredibles as Yeah, I feel like it's so the best fair. superhero movie, like of mm. any super including Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> I like, feel like that could be true. Yes. <laughs> yes. I would agree with that. 
when it's the family. I love the family. Yes. Yeah. I also watched Maleficent a few mm-hmm. weeks ago with oh. Angelina Jolie, and yeah. it, it was lovely. I it's really good. enjoyed yes. it. The kids really love that. When I was doing therapy, yeah. it came out, and that was like I so much Maleficent. Wait, there's work. two though, right? That Maleficent's yeah, the first. There's a one. second one. Yeah, it has now. a yeah. sequel. I didn't watch the sequel. I do. I the love first one I love. I don't know oh. if this is Disney, but I'll tell you. Okay, this, there's no. It is Disney. It is Disney. The Brandy version of Cinderella. Oh my Cinderella, gosh, Rodgers and Hammerstein. Yes. yes. Oh my god. Yes. That oh maybe I'm actually going to change my answer to that because the only place you can watch is YouTube. I have it you on VHS. Where is it? Yeah, and okay. v- and VHS. But the whole vi- the whole movie's on YouTube. I think it's Wonderful World of Disney because I think it was on ABC. Taylor and is Whitney. losing her mind right Whitney, now. You guys, I watch that movie every Sunday, every Sunday growing that up. Cast? Oh elite. my gosh! Okay, Whitney that Houston. Print, how beautiful! Jason I Alexander, mean, Whippy Goldberg, Victor Garber. So good. So Whitney Houston. Whitney Mother F in Houston. We love to oh see my it. Gosh. It's so good. Oh, and you know who else is in that? You know who else is in that freaking Cinderella? Bernadette Peters, who's like oh, a Broadway oh, legend. Yeah. Gosh, who has literally stepmom. she's literally never aged. Never. No. She no, looks the same true. there as she does now. Yeah. Well, great answer. Thank you. Yeah, that's a good one. This is one that like needs to come back because everyone will love it and appreciate it. Second question. If you had to name your firstborn child after someone from the office, who would you name them after? Oh, uh, and you have like, to tell them. Me? Not the it name. I like, my, yeah, it can't be like my child's Michael. It has to be like I named my child after Michael from the office. Okay. You know? Wait, so it's not the name I like most. It's the person no, it's, I like most. It's like, yeah, like you're naming your child after them. Uh, I would probably I feel like I, if I had a girl and I had to name them after somebody, I would probably name them Aaron. Mm, good because one. it's gender neutral, which I like, and I love Aaron. She's really good. She is mm-hmm. so good. I really, mm-hmm. really love her. So I feel like, and I would really enjoy going up to Erin and telling her that I named my kid after her. I feel yeah. like she would have the best reaction. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She would love that. Yeah. That's a great question. Yeah. Very, very uh, niche. I'm yeah. like, well, I mean, I listen to your podcast, but also I'm just digging into like when I used to do group therapy with teens <laughs> or that. And I used to have to come up with questions to like keep them you know i love that i uh oh what was i just gonna say about aaron can't remember it'll it'll come to me when i stop thinking Mm -hmm. okay last question i'm not sure you're ready for this one but here we go get in the zone if you had to live in the world of harry potter star wars or lord of the rings which world would you choose okay so I feel like Lord of the Rings is actually the worst quality of life. Right. Like I would watch that over and over again, but I'm not going to live there. Totally. Like I. With Aragon every day. That's true. But he loves Arwen, so he wouldn't love me. So like if I'm putting myself in like Frodo's position, I'm like, okay, no, it's the worst. No, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Like you're, it's dirt. Like no, I mean, you're pretty much in what? Like the 1400s. Yeah. Or early. Way back. Yeah. So not Lord of the Rings. I think I would probably go Harry Potter 4 because I'm very lazy 
And I feel like magic is really underutilized. I feel like there's so much right? more they can do with it. Like, why are they doing anything? Anything. Yes, why are they cleaning? You. Why are they doing yeah, anything? Literally, like, fold so my clothes for me. Yeah. And Star Wars feels dangerous. No one's Space living in yeah. peace. Scary. Yeah. Like, right? oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to go with magic. Harry Potter final answer. Definitely. I dig with it. Drake, with Draco Malfoy. That is Ooh, the okay. correct answer. Well, perfect. So excellent answers. And Thank so you. now just real quick, tell the people who you are. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting a little sweaty, just getting nervous. Yeah, we get it. It's okay. Yes, I don't have a lot that I don't share on my podcast (laughs) or on my Instagram. There are very few private corners of my life left. But yes, so I started the Bad Broadcast almost exactly a year ago. January 8th, it'll be one year. Oh, congrats. And I started it after years and years and years of not really knowing where I was headed. I mean, I would go to a semester of school, I'd get an idea for a career, I would get bored, I would get a part time job, I'd quit, I'd go back to school, I would do a new mm-hmm. major, I couldn't figure it out. So luckily, I married somebody who was cool with that, just me kind of bouncing around. And I think I've said this before, and you guys have probably heard me say this, but I think all along, Matt probably knew what I was going to end up doing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I want to kind of write my own material, I want to be able to kind of perform in a sense. I didn't really know what that was going to look like. And so we moved into my parents' basement. We were lost as ever. Decided to go to New York for a few weeks for a I did a humor writing class and a screenwriting class. I always include that when I when I talk about this because it really was kind of the point where I was like, okay, I'm going to put some real effort yeah. into this. Like actually and try. Yeah, actually try, actually sit down and write and just I didn't know what it was going to be. It was going to be just IGTV at first. It was going to be uh, that. I don't know. It just kind of, I just kind of took the step in front of me. Like if I had an idea, I was like, well, I'll just kind of put this out there and see if people are into it. And so then it quarantine hit. And I said this before we started recording, but Matt is an audio producer. So we've got all the gear here and we were locked down and I thought I'll just, as well. a little bit into this microphone there's got to be other people that are feeling like complaining and there were luckily so yeah <laughs> so now i'm did. just mm-hmm. i mean every day i like still i'm trying to figure out what i'm doing i'm mm-hmm. i really didn't learn how to do any of this it wasn't like my goal <laughs> so but it's very rewarding i feel very very lucky to be able to do it i feel like i meet really incredibly smart funny women every single day like sometimes mm-hmm. people will dm me and i'm like don't be so funny okay like yeah. don't be funnier than me it's making <laughs> me mad <laughs> but it's been it's been great and now we're just kind of rolling with it so yeah i love it yeah. what have you enjoyed about it the most so far well what have i enjoyed about it the most probably i mean yeah meeting I feel like I've met so many people that I wouldn't have normally have had the chance. And it's what I've liked the most this year specifically is, I mean, I started this obviously before COVID hit, I didn't know what was coming. Mm -hmm. And I've just noticed a pattern in, you know, on the internet, I think everybody craves community, like in one way or another. And that's like my community now, like those are the Mm -hmm. people that I interact with the most. And I feel like I want to make I have like a genuine desire to make content that entertains people. Like I want people to take 
time out of their day and have something fun to do or write down or, you know, like I do those, I do like chick flick movie brackets because I want people to have something to do. And it's kind of like, we're all doing it together, but apart, Mm -hmm. but you know, I try and do like movie nights where people can join on zoom if they want, because that's really what I like to do. I'm not trying to do it as like a gimmick or anything. I just genuinely enjoy that. There's like this group of people that have found each other in this weird way (laughs) in a year where we really are limited on how often we are interacting with humans. Yeah, seriously. Yes. I love it. Yeah. So let's talk about some of this good mental health stuff that you have talked about. Dig in. Let's dig into toxic positivity because I mm-hmm. think that's one that not a lot of people no have really yeah. heard about before. And and I think toxic is kind of one of those words that's like, eh, like it's overused, like a buzzword. And, but I think it's a really interesting concept. And I love that you talked about it on your podcast. So, so I just started talking about this toxic positivity. I It's funny because I started the podcast and I was like, I'm going to complain on this. Like I just, mm-hmm. I didn't have like a, a deeper meaning. I was like, I'm just going to complain about something bugs me. And now I've kind of seen how much it's helped me to be able to complain openly and not feel bad about it and say like, Hey, I really don't like this or Hey, I'm having a really bad day or this is something that really bothers me. And then I've wanted to have a space. I mean, not like to be all woo woo, like creating space for it, but (laughs) I always want people like I get DMS all day of people that are like, Hey, I just need to complain. You don't need to respond. I just need to like type out what I'm feeling and just like send it to somebody. And I'm like, cool, great. Send me everything. Yeah. (laughs) So I love that. And it actually, for me has helped me let go of a lot of things that really bug me because I just don't think about them. I talk about them and then I'm, I'm done. I'm like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I can kind of let that go now. I feel validated. I feel okay. I'm not going to harp on it for much for any longer. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind sense. of like like letting go of all those shoulds of like, I shouldn't let this bother me. I should be feeling this way, you know? But it's like mm-hmm. acknowledging that that thing is really crappy or annoying or whatever. Then it's like, oh, I can let it go because I like addressed it as it is instead of addressing it as I should address it, you know? Totally. And I think that like social media and here, I mean, you guys are all you've all lived in Utah. I know that it's not specific to Utah, but I do think it's a very big, uh, I mean, it's like the blogger capital of the world. You know, it's the influencer capital of the world. It's a lot of, there's a lot of that going on here. And I just, I don't know. I was just reading these captions of these pictures of like, I'm like, that is not happening. That is not your life. Like, what are you talking about? Like, and then I know, and I, I love moms. Like I, I love young moms so much. I, I am like probably a little bit creepy, like, cause every young mom I see, I'm like, do you need help? Do you want me to take, but I just feel like the young mom <laughs> community. You're our dream. You're yeah. our dream. Like yeah. if Most I'm on a plane, just, like ignore me or, you know. Yeah, if I'm on a plane, I'm like, if he cries, it's great. I have snacks. It's totally fine. They're like, he's fine. Don't worry. (laughs) But I just think like the group of like young moms are, I don't know. I just sometimes I just like hurt for them because I know I see it in my sisters in law and my friends who are young moms. And I'm like, they have so much that people want them to be so happy about, you know, and like they have no place where they can be like, this is so hard and this sucks Mm -hmm. so bad. And like, I'm not, I don't want to be happy about it. Like, I don't want to get on my Instagram and see every, you know, blogger mom with a $4 million home and three nannies wake up with all her kids perfectly dressed with perfect hair saying like, 
my kids sleep 12 hours and then we drink green smoothies and it's awesome. Like, mm. and like, that would suck. Like, I don't, I don't feel that cause I don't care. I don't have kids. I don't like care, <laughs> yeah. but I just, I see it all the time and I'm just like, is there, is there nobody who's going to say that's not happening? Yeah. Is there nobody who's going to like defend people who just want to have a really yeah. shitty day? Like, and just have them be able to say it, you know? Yeah. Anyways. But you never, you never see it. It's for sure. We're all about like, you have to hold both of those together. Like motherhood is awesome and it's really hard. And let's talk about both of those, you know? Totally. And like, I feel like blew my mind with that concept as a mother. Oh, I bet. And like, I, I can't empathize yet because I don't have kids, but I just, I see it so much and it's in my DMs. It's all over Instagram. I like see it's, I don't know. And it just, yeah, it hurt. It hurts me to see young moms struggle with that because I'm like, it's motherhood is one of those things. It's like, I don't even understand how you do one minute of it. Like I'm so impressed yeah. by mothers all the time, even my own mother. Like it's just, it's a really powerful role. And I feel bad for moms who don't feel that. Mm-hmm. That was not really the direction I thought I was going, but here we are. <laughs> well, you're talking <laughs> to three up. young moms, and we yeah. are loving this because yeah. it's so true. Yes. I'll call you guys when I need to pick me up. You call me guys. 100%. You call me when you need a babysitter. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know it. Call her. Yeah, but okay. that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. Tell me more yeah. about toxic positivity, though, because I threw that around yeah. just. No, okay, here's really what I'm like interested yeah. in. So you are, how old are you? I'm 27. 27. So you're like mm-hmm. close to our age, right? So yeah. let's say, when did you get like social media growing up? Like when was your first Instagram, Facebook mm, and stuff, my, you know? Well, I had Facebook in high school, okay. um, but I got Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter, like my sophomore year of college. Okay. That age yeah. range. It's very interesting. Like, how do you feel like that? impacted those very like formative years you know what i'm talking about like did you have a lot oh, of totally. shit like i should be like these people that i'm seeing before you've kind yeah, of like, I don't, come out of it i don't know i don't know i really don't like because it's hard to imagine what my life would have been like without it but then mm-hmm. i look back on like middle school years and i'm like i can't i can't even imagine what it would have been like if i had an instagram when i was in oh junior gosh. high yeah. you know so it just felt, it felt fun. It felt like it was the fun years of it. And I feel happy that I yeah. got to experience the fun years of it. Like where Snapchat wasn't sketchy and it was just us being dumb on the internet. You know, like I yeah. felt like I had a really good experience with it. And then, you know, so I, I ebb and flow with social media mm-hmm. all the time, even now. Like I delete the app all the time because I'm like, I, I have like, I have like screen fatigue or whatever it is. You know, I'm like, I physically mm-hmm. can't look at my phone for one more minute, but then mm-hmm. other days I'm on it, you know, 23 hours a day. <laughs> right. So I just, I try and balance it, but it, I'm not good at it. I mean, I definitely am. I need, I need some help. Do you guys know any therapists? Yeah, right. <laughs> I have a few. I we got recommend. you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I look back on those years and I just, I had a good experience with social media, I think, but probably better than kids will get the chance to have I yeah think. it is interesting like I feel like you just reminded me of the good years of social yeah. media like when yeah. I actually wrote on people's walls and it was like so much fun before it was just like at, well it really was it was everything before the algorithm for mm-hmm. and before ads know? yeah before those two things it was like 
it was about like connecting and, you know, you only followed people who you cared about and whatnot, but totally. Like I read blogs. I like looked at people's Pinterest boards, like stuff Mm -hmm. like that. That was very low key and just, it felt really fun. But I love what you're saying because I think it's so true. We live in this time right now where things are supposed to look a certain way and things are supposed to be sparkly and clean and beautiful and we're supposed to be perfect. And that's where that toxic positivity comes in where it's like people don't even know how to sit in the ick of life anymore and not silver lining things. And that just sabotages real connection because when you're talking to somebody who's having a hard time, everyone's just kind of used, I'm talking in extremes, but everyone's used to just kind of saying, well, it's okay. It'll get better. Like, it's fine. Instead of being like, that sounds so hard. Like, that must be the worst. You don't have to say anything after that. Yeah. Like, that sounds so hard. But you know, you know, and you're like, no, just, just, let's just cut that. Let's cut that off. We're just so afraid of letting ourselves feel pain and feel hard things. And that's mm-hmm. where that positivity gets toxic. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I, in, in a, in a weird way, I sometimes empathize with people who feel like on social media, that's what they have to put forward because it's, it's nasty. I mean, the internet is nasty. You post one thing. I mean, yeah, especially these bloggers who are posting yeah. their kids and all of these things. I'm like, you're opening yourselves up to a lot of criticism. So mm-hmm. I get why it's, I mean, it's just such a hard thing because sometimes I'm like, well, I don't want to post this about myself because I don't want, I know I'll get DMs from, you know, Linda in Georgia, who's going to tell mm-hmm. me that I'm doing something wrong. And so that's where the social media thing comes in where you're like, how is, how do you even find the right thing to put on the internet? Because whatever you put, you're opening someone's yourself up to find out. Yeah. Yeah. Someone will find out. Someone won't like it. Someone will think you're stupid. Someone will think you're ugly. Someone out there. So yeah, it's a, it's, I have no, I mean, I don't have any answers to that. I'm just, just sharing out my dirty laundry here. <laughs> no. How have you protected your mental health with just kind of opening your life up on the internet and having like a following in a community and those people that can just troll you? Yeah. Well, I, I just decided that, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sensitive. I'm probably more sensitive than people think I am. And that's probably a product of being a little sister and having my feelings Mm -hmm. hurt easily. And I'm highly emotional and things like that. So I've just decided that I have two options. I get trolled and I can let it hurt my feelings and feel sad about it and complain to Matt or, you know, my mom or whoever and then move forward. Or I can Mm -hmm. try and toughen up and not feel sensitive and lose that part of myself and but be able to handle trolls and be able to be tough with it. And I've just decided that I care more about staying sensitive. Mm -hmm. And the the pros outweigh the cons, you know, like the, the trolls come and people say terrible things on the internet, because just people are dumb. But I've just decided to let it hurt my feelings and feel pretty bad about it. And sometimes I cry about Linda and Georgia and Mm. then I just move forward and I, I go back and I look at positive things or I, I, you know, will message somebody who says, you know, I'll get a DM that says, Oh, you really helped me today. I listened to your podcast. And I'm like, you know, that's, I'd rather be sensitive and be able to connect with people and occasionally get my feelings hurt. than try and toughen up and not be able to connect with the people who are really putting effort into making me feel loved. 
So I like, I love what you're saying. I think it's very wise because I think what's happening is that we're just shutting off different parts of ourselves now. So it's like, okay, I'm not going to be sensitive and I'm just going to let go of that part of me. Right. But then I'm letting go of those other really good things that come with sensitivity. But I think it goes both ways where you also have like these teenagers who are just sitting in the darkness and don't believe there's anything good, even though good things happen to them regularly. And then you have these people who believe in the toxic positivity who are like, nothing is wrong. And really, you have to come to that middle ground of, I accept that I'm a human. If someone says something mean, and it hurts my feelings, that makes sense. Because when people are mean, I should have a reaction to that. That's okay to have a reaction to. But if I do like just shut it out, then I'm going to become just like those trolls who somehow don't think about what it feels like to be on the other side of that, you know? No, totally. And, so- and I, I, well, I'm first of all, glad to hear that that is an okay way to handle it. Cause sometimes I'm like, you're crushing it, Maddie, <laughs> yeah, crushing yeah. it. But I mean, I feel like my first, I don't know if you guys feel this way. My first introduction to empathy all of that was Brene Brown like that was my first yeah for sure she like cracked open the floodgates and Mm -hmm. I just have always kept it with me that I'm like okay if I'm gonna open myself up I'm gonna open myself up to a lot of good stuff I'm gonna be able to love people more I'm gonna connect with people more but that's also gonna come with a the a lot of vulnerability and a lot of chances for people to really hurt my feelings and it's just at the end of the day worth it to me I mean, I'm just, I'm just repeating what I said, but just going off of that, that it, it just is worth it for me to, to take it because I've been able to connect with so many people. But the other thing, I mean, and you guys, you guys will have a better answer or a better feedback on this, but I'm like, there's no way that like evolutionarily we are meant to be interacting with 15,000 people. You know, like I, it feels so unnatural that like when I post a picture of something that it's going to thousands of people for thousands of people to have feedback to like, I'm like my, I don't feel like my brain is supposed to be processing that. Yeah. What a wild thing. I know. Like the vulnerability that comes with just opening your thoughts to that. Even like just thoughts that seem kind of flippant. And there are a lot of people, especially this year who are in a pretty dark place. And sometimes the reaction to that is, you know, pushing that on somebody else. Mm -hmm. And the internet is a perfect place to do that. Yes, it Um, definitely is. That's another thing is that I always just try and keep in mind that I'm like, that's not about me. I think they're probably not getting mad at me. Doesn't give them an excuse. I'm not like cool with it. But I'm like, they don't know me. They've never met me. They don't know my family. They don't know my relationship. So really, whatever they say, it sucks. And I hate reading it. But it's probably they are. That's a good perspective. That's a very healthy perspective. Talk a big game. Because still some days I'm like, what am I doing? I hate everyone. And (laughs) they're mean. And I'm bullied. And I'm quitting. But something that I really liked about what you're talking about, Maddie, and also KJ, when KJ, you were like, well, it's about sitting. People don't want to sit in like the ick of life. Mm -hmm. And then Maddie, you referenced that when you were like, all right, I have like this black and this white and I can either Mm -hmm. do this or I can do this. And then you did this awesome thing where you were like, I'm going to live in the gray, which is what we're always trying to get our clients to do is live in this gray space and know that they don't have to feel so polarized. But you can like come here and you're like, all right, well, I'm going to feel the pain that I'm afraid of Mm -hmm. and I'm going to sit in that, whatever that looks like. And then I'm going to let it go. So tell us if you can expand Mm -hmm. a little bit on it. 
how did you get yourself to that place? Because that is what so many people are afraid of is sitting in that ick and sitting in that discomfort mm-hmm. and really letting it wash over you. How did you get more comfortable in that space? I think I've always I've always been very cool with being in the gray area of things. And I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm sure there are many, many, many reasons, but I think I have such a big family. And if I can pinpoint where it comes from, my my family is different in so many ways. Literally every opinion or anything that you can think of, I've got one brother on one end and I've got another brother on the other end. And mm-hmm. it's, so it's these seven people who I highly respect and love. And I know that they have wonderful points and arguments or whatever for however they feel about things in life. And I was like, I think I'm just going to kind of mix all those because I like so many things about all those different ideologies. So I'm going to make my own thing and that's going to feel good. And I like that. I don't have to say, I actually really agree with you and I disagree with you. I like being able to say, I, I agree with both of you and I disagree with both of you. <laughs> like in Matt and I, Matt and I will say that when we fight, I'm like, okay, just so you know, we're both right and we're both wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I so like that. just know that. And I, I, I wish I had a better explanation. I just, I liked, I don't know, maybe it even comes from a, a little bit of a people pleaser place where I didn't want to tell somebody that I disagreed with them. But I tried to take it a step further. And instead of just being uncomfortable disagreeing, I tried to humanize it a little bit and be like, okay, well, you're operating from a place, you're operating from your own perspective. And you're somebody that I love and trust. And I can take myself out of the situation and empathize that you are making the best decision that you find or that you see, you know, with like religion or politics or whatever like that, because I'm very in the middle with pretty much everything. And I've just tried to do that when I hear something that's, that's makes me nervous or I'm like, Oh, that's different. What is that? I don't, I'm like, okay, this is somebody who is a human. They've made their own decisions. They get feedback. They get validated from different places. I can probably see that they have somewhere or something that I agree with in there. Mm-hmm. Was that clear at all? Yeah, no. So it sounds like you really got a lot of practice from this like family dynamic of having mm-hmm. such different influences and opinions and everything. So it's kind of like you took that map and all of those people and how you felt and dealt with that and found a good spot. And that's kind of what you've done within yourself is, you know, I have these different opportunities or I have these viewpoints that are pretty wide, but I'm going to come back to that middle spot where I've practiced being in Mm -hmm. and I know that I can be safe there and I can operate there. So it's almost like that exposure experience and practice is what we need to do in order to get okay with being there. Yeah. And it's like not, it's like the hardest thing ever. (laughs) I mean, it's great. And I feel really fulfilled with where I'm at with so many different things, but it's still, it's like an active process. You know, it's like an Mm -hmm. active process of hearing new things and trying to, especially now we're like all trying to navigate a thousand different things. And if I can, and I think especially where, where we live, it's very, where I live, where a couple of you live in Utah, it's, a lot of things are very black and white. And I just felt really compelled to to stand in a spot where I felt like people wanted to be and be like, hey, it's cool if you're in the middle. I don't have any answers, but like if you need some company here, <laughs> like I'm here and you can join and you don't have to, you, just don't, you don't have to decide. If you, if you don't know how you feel about something, it's okay. Like we'll just not decide right now. Mm-hmm. The, like, and I just count on 
that. <laughs> no, that's so good. It's like you're creating that space within yourself, but then other people are joining in that. So it's yeah. like, I mean, I hope you're creating as a community. I hope, I hope people do feel that way. And I hope people, I don't know. It, it really wasn't what I set out to talk of, like what I thought kind of my uh, presence would be on the internet, that that would kind of be what people got from me. But I really like that because I have always wished that I had that. I wish I had somebody that I was like, Hey, I'm really confused about all of this stuff. Can I, can we just like not decide? Can we just like talk about both sides and feel both things and recognize that people hurt on both sides and people are happy on both sides. And I just don't, I don't, I don't do the extreme thing. I don't mm-hmm. do the like, Oh, everybody who's that way is bad. Everybody who's that mm-hmm. way is good because that's just not the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Maddie, why don't you just go ahead and tell us about your experience with therapy? What has it been like for you? So therapy, we have done mainly therapy for marriage, for our marriage. Mm-hmm. And it's say, I mean, I don't want to be too dramatic, but it is like the cornerstone of our marriage. Yes. <laughs> Foundation. Yes. Yeah. But uh, the, the whole thing, really. Yeah. And we've got, we've gone separately and we've gone together and, um, it just, I mean, quarantine, you know, it reveals a lot of cracks, (laughs) you know, we're together a lot. We're, we're both Matt and I both deal with separate mental illnesses. We're both trying to figure this out, figure each other out. We're changing, Mm -hmm. we're transitioning in a lot of ways. We're moving, we're growing up, we're getting new jobs. And being in quarantine, we were like, Oof! Like we <laughs> might need to figure that out. Yeah. I love how love powerful that sound it. is. It's yeah. like it communicates so much. You, you just know? know. So I would like credit our our marriage strength to therapy and the fact that we don't share a bathroom. That's like oh, a major. Oh, nice. It has literally saved us. But yeah, yeah, therapy. It was just we finally had a place that was non judgmental, that was non biased, that was trained <laughs> yeah, you know that's an important part had of it, a, yeah. was licensed to do that and we were able to both kind of uncover a lot of things that maybe we didn't consider trauma that maybe I mean mm-hmm. I I mean nothing luckily neither of us dealt with anything too too scary or too heavy but just things that we didn't really know about each other that were triggering some fights that were triggering anger that were triggering depressive episodes, all of these different things. So having Mm -hmm. somebody give us feedback and be able to have language to say to each other and, you know, just tech. I mean, for me, it was mainly like techniques that I didn't know I wasn't using. I was like, I'm such a good communicator. What are you talking about? (laughs) I talk all day. He's like, do you yell immediately? I'm like, yeah, why? Like, what's, what's (laughs) is that a problem? problem I wouldn't have to yell if they listened to me. Exactly. If if he wasn't talking over me, I would yell. I do not have to yell. (laughs) But um, yeah, and it's been really amazing. I mean, that's, I mean, the, the brightest spot of 2020 is that I'm like, oh, our marriage is at a, the most healthy place it's ever been. We haven't yelled at each other. And however, mm-hmm. I mean, we've fought obviously since then, but I mean, I don't yell. I don't storm out. I don't slam door, you know, things like that, that I'm like, oh, yeah. I was, I've been doing that for the last 10 years of my life, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. and I didn't know, I didn't have anybody telling me that because the people that you love often don't want to be like, hey, so you really should work on that. And yeah. So, yeah. Well, or they say that, and then you're like, 
let me yell at you now. Yeah. <laughs> let yeah. me storm out and let no, me slam ex- the door. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, I obviously you guys know this, but everybody's got, you know, tr- some sort of trauma. And I'm like, yes. I'm always like, my I, my family's so healthy. We're I'm so close to my parents. I'm so close to my siblings. We're all great. Everything's mm-hmm. great. What are you talking about? And then getting defensive when people are like, well, no, that probably affected you negatively. And I'm like, no, don't you dare talk about my mom like that. She did not mess me up. She did not. <laughs> and they're like, no, she didn't mess you up. But it's just the way you do relationships now because yeah. that was your model for things, you know? Mm-hmm. Like my parents, my mom is like the authority in the relationship. Like she mm-hmm. does all the money. She books all the flights. She does everything. And my dad's always just been very mellow and kind of in the background. And I thought that's how my marriage was supposed to run. I thought I was supposed to be the authority. I was yeah. supposed to handle the money. I was, and I didn't realize that in the process, I was actually making Matt feel it, like I didn't trust him, you know, mm-hmm. like very incapable of things like, Oh, I don't trust you to, to book the flight or whatever. And he's like, I'm actually really good at that. Like I'm pretty, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, we're not my parents. I didn't know yeah. that till this moment here. I thought I was supposed to be exactly like my mom and you're supposed to be exactly like my dad. Mm-hmm. And we've now I, I like look at my parents' marriage and I'm like, I'm so happy that was my example growing up. And I'm also so happy that we've evolved from that. And yeah, I think my mom, something different. Yeah. And my mom feels really proud of it too. She's like, that's what parents want. They want to see their kids do better than they did. Mm-hmm. So yeah. anyways, I love that. my favorite love thing that. in therapy was to shatter someone's illusion of their parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Truth bomb. It hurts. But like not so in like a, but in a way that is exactly like what you just said. It's, where like, it's like freeing. You can, yeah. So you can be like, oh my gosh, my parents weren't perfect and that's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. And so they're just humans too. And we can all continue on. Totally. But it was like one of those things where they would come into therapy and they'd be like, oh, my family life was fine growing up. And I'll be like, okay, but like, everyone, what? you can have a fine one, but there's still a stuff yeah. that, that like is not perfect from it. So I know. And what, what is that? I mean, you guys tell me like, what is that, that, that natural, like you never want to think your parents are wrong. Right. You know, and I've had this conversation so many times with my mom. Like, I don't want to, I just, I like, I crave being able to say like, no, you were perfect. You Mm -hmm. did everything right. You didn't do anything wrong. And she even is like, no, that's not how it is. And I'm like, I'm so defensive of it. Like, it's just, I have, I, it's a really hard, headspace to get out of i think yeah mm-hmm. i think it's good because i think it comes from that like very organic natural like parent child attachment being strong and like good is like i love you and as the child looking at the parent you're like my parent can do no wrong because we're biologically supposed to think that growing up otherwise we when my mom says don't touch the stove i'm going to touch the stove because i don't right. trust her you know what i mean so i think it comes from like a very genuine place but then you have to have this time in adolescence in adulthood where you start to come out of it and realize like oh they're just people too but like still i'm really obsessed with my mom because it's my mom and i have that attachment totally. to like and i think i can I think- see both sides totally and i think i had a really hard time with it because i did not want to sound ungrateful like I right. did not want to sound like I w- did not love every minute of being raised by my parents. Like I, mm-hmm. and I never wanted them to think like that would kill me if I thought like my parents felt responsible for anything hard. Like I just wanted to keep them in a bubble where they knew that they did a good job. And yeah. I didn't want them. I didn't want to feel, I didn't want them to feel like everything they did and all the good stuff they did didn't matter. Mm-hmm. So it's finding that place where it's like, no, you, everything good you did did matter and then the other stuff mattered too but it's okay yeah and that's <laughs> you know? okay because 
I can deal with it. And that's like the beauty of life is like, yeah, it's fine. It's my stuff to deal with now and I can deal with it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. It's and the, not the end of the world. Yeah. The cool thing about like that whole family of origin piece and specifically your parents is like all the good things that they do contribute so positively to your life. But mm-hmm. the like, I don't even know if we can call them bad things, but like hard things, mm-hmm. like the hard things that they do teach you so many lessons as well. You know, totally. and so it's just kind of like that's what makes you a well-rounded person. But we do have this idea that if I acknowledge the hard things, I'm negating all of the positive mm-hmm. things. Totally. But at the same time, watching those hard things also taught me the type of human that I want to be. And when they did hard things and acted in a way that wasn't super awesome, that also taught me that I can do that too sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I can act that way, but I still have value and mm-hmm. I'm still a good person, even though I did that. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like, but you're right. It's that like paradigm shift. It happens to everybody. And I feel yeah. like we always address it in therapy at some point. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. wait, but it's they're humans. And you're like, yes, they're humans. And they're like, I don't like it. I yeah. don't like it. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, exactly that's okay. Me. That's okay. Yeah. But then it's like getting, it's like every year. I feel like for myself as well. Like I grew up with a single mom. So I didn't even know what a functional relationship looked like. So I had to like really like dig that out with my husband. I was like, yeah, what yeah. role do you like? You're like, why do you live yeah. here? Like, what do you <laughs> do? We even need you? I don't think we really do. I mean, I like you, but I'm like, you're super great and you're here, but like, what do you do here? You yeah. know? But anyways, we had to like figure that out. But I had the same kind of thing where I was kind of like, as my years have gone by now, I'm like recognizing all this humanity within my mom. And now it's kind of like giving me a greater love. It's, it's really cool because if you shift with it, like the love and the gratitude and the appreciation will grow, but totally. it's definitely a process. So yeah. And I feel like it know. almost for my mom and I, it's put us more in the position of like, pe- like we feel like friends. We feel like peers. Yes. Like we don't, I don't feel like she, I don't know that the parent child, like authority thing has definitely it shifts. Yeah. Shifts. Yeah. And I feel like I feel okay telling her more about my, like, I feel more okay talking to her now than I ever did when I was, you know, 15 and worshiping every single thing she did because I didn't want to her to think that I did anything yeah. wrong at all. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, yeah, I do this and it's stupid and mad. And I fought and I broke that door because I was so mad, you know, like I feel, <laughs> I feel fine being less than mm-hmm. ideal all the time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I 100% get that. But I do. I remember I was in a creative writing class in college. And the prompt was like, when did you realize that your parent was a person? And you're like, and it, excuse yeah. me. And, you're like, and I don't well, know. Dare you. <laughs> I'm always like, well, yeah. everybody else's is but like, mine's not. <laughs> yeah, no, but mine is a goddess. So. Like I deal with something else. Because <laughs> I have perfect parents. So yeah, sorry. you guys wouldn't understand. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but it was interesting. And now I like wish I could go find what I had written because I don't I would be interested what my younger self said mm-hmm. about that transition. Yeah. But I know that I was like, oh, I remember reading the prompt to me like, that's an important time in everyone's life to like yeah. have that shift of parent to then like more of a peer. What's like, what's like another one that you guys see like that? That's like a good, like a paradigm shift that you see in patients in therapy, like seeing your parents as human or seeing your mm-hmm. partner as something or what's like, what are more of those? It's the first time they realize maybe it's me. Mm, mm-hmm. It's a big one when it's mm-hmm. like, I keep, like they'll keep quitting jobs or something and they'll say like, I never quit jobs and I always stick with it, you know? And I'm like, 
just like interesting how you've had like four jobs since you've been seeing me. And they're just like all of a sudden like paradigm shift of like, oh, maybe I, I'm the reason that I'm quitting all these jobs instead yeah. of like, maybe it isn't my coworkers or, you know what I mean? Like all of the blame is outward and then them just like slowly starting to take it inward and be like, okay, maybe I need to work on something inside of me. It's a big shift of like realizing what their weakness is and then embracing it in a way that's like, I want to change and be better yeah. instead of like seeing the weakness and then shoving it down, pretending it doesn't exist or just being depressed about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a good, that's a beautiful one, I would say. So beautiful. It's all beautiful. <laughs> I love your guys' appreciation for the the mind. Oh yeah, for sure. It's that emotional process. Yeah. Totally. Therapy is fascinating. I love that you guys uh, did marriage counseling because yeah. I think there's a lot of people this year that, like you said, are really seeing the cracks. Mm-hmm. It's becoming really apparent. And I think some people are pretty scared to face that head on and go to therapy for it. But hopefully some people that are listening and hearing you talk about your experience can have some of that courage to take that step and realize like it's a quite a normal thing totally to go well and i just i i mean i i definitely want to like get into this more on my account i mean matt for the most part has kind of like he hasn't stayed totally out of my content but i just haven't wanted to be like hey you have to be the center of all my stuff now Mm -hmm. um but i would like to get into it more just because i i didn't feel like i had any i literally literally i did not think anybody was fighting i didn't think anybody fought with their spouse like I thought everybody, oh, everyone's just happy out there. Yeah. The like time. I thought like the first, our first like bad fight where we were yelling and I was slamming doors and I was like, nobody, this doesn't happen to anybody else. Like this is only us. And yeah, like something, just you guys, something yeah, really wrong. wrong is going on and I don't know what to do. And, oh. and like, I even felt like I couldn't like tell, like I wanted to like ask my friends about it, but then I felt mm-hmm. myself being like, it, we never really fight. Like I got yeah, really, happy. it, it yeah. was so stupid and it was just like five minutes and it was no big deal. And I didn't know how to be like, yo, we got in a bad fight. Yeah, that was and scary. Know, and yeah. And I don't know what to do, do about it. And I yeah. cried for like a long time and <laughs> all of that. And so, and even still, it's so uncomfortable, especially, I don't, I don't mean to keep saying like, especially here, but there just is a lot of young married couples here. And mm-hmm. people are so happy and no one's having any problems. And they're all buying homes and having kids and everything's great. And I'm like, no one's say- like, no one's saying it. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. no one's saying how, how hard. And I used to like scoff when people were like, marriage is hard, but it's worth it. I'd be like, can't be that hard. I know. <laughs> right. Hard. I always thought that too. Cause I'd be like, but what's hard about it? I actually had the idea to do a blog series. This was when I was into my blogging days where I interviewed married couples and just asked what is hard about marriage because I don't get it. Yeah. It's going to be the whole series. Yeah. I never got around to it. But then when I got married immediately, I was like, Oh, this oh. is what's hard. Oh, well, well, and I'm like, if I lived with anybody for yeah. the rest of my life, my mom, my brothers, my best friend, whoever I lived with, like you're two totally different humans combining mm-hmm. your lives in a very a intimate way intimate. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it just didn't make sense to me until i was doing it and i was like oh i get what they mean by hard like here's my no you're fine <laughs> 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 that's got our cat while he's walking in um 
Yeah. And I was like, oh, like life is hard and bills are hard and jobs are hard. And yeah. that's why marriage is hard because we're combining a lot of this stuff that's hard on its own. Then and then we're adding, yeah, we're adding finances, we're adding sex, we're doing all of these different things yeah. that require their own, you know, And you've had whatever. an entire lifetime to prime you for how you're going to do that thing. And then they had a whole lifetime of priming themselves to do it differently. Totally. It's, it, it's a lot for sure. Totally. And there's so many things that go into it. Like one of our very first episodes, like Jessica teaches us all about attachment because it's like mm-hmm. you spend your whole life in one attachment style and then you come into this relationship with somebody who probably has probably like some different tendencies. Bit different. And I, oh my gosh, I have like vivid memories of like the first few years of my marriage. I've been married for 10 years now yeah. and I have like vivid memories of Logan and I just being caught in that anxious avoidant trap where I'm like, mm-hmm. we just thought like, if you could just like come here and hug me and tell me that everything is going to be okay. Like I, I think I can calm down. And he's like, I can't talk to you right now. Like I literally yeah. can't talk to we you. Just and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, but maybe you could just get closer to me. And he's yeah. like, no. And I'm like, why is this so hard? You know? Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> totally. No. And it's, yeah. And I, cause we're going on, yeah, we're going on four, in April. It will be not like April's close. Next April, it will be four years married. April is right now. <laughs> like four years married, five years together, but like eight, mm-hmm. eight-ish years of being friends. Mm-hmm. And okay. I thought because we were friends before, I was like, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. What do you mm-hmm. mean? Like, we oh, know yeah, each we've other. known each other forever. And yeah. I, I knew all his ex-girlfriends. I was like, this is no big deal. I'm not even worried about it. And then I'm like, oh, we have like, I mean, I always come back to money because I'm like, oh, we got to do bills. We share all this mm-hmm. work, you know, and then I'm not earning money, you know, and I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to be the control freak with money and I'm not bringing anything in and I'm mm-hmm. feeling guilty about that. And then it's just the, mm-hmm. the endless cycle of it. I was mm-hmm. say there's a lot. And that's why it is so nice to be able to just like sit down in front of someone and be like, help us sort this out. Yeah. You. Yeah. And, and I, I feel give them. totally. And I feel, I mean insanely lucky because so many of my friends are like, oh, my husband would never go to therapy. My husband would oh my never. Gosh, yes. My I husband would kill me. My husband would kill yeah. me if I told anybody about our fights, you know, like stuff like that, that I'm like, not normal. I don't think, yeah. but <laughs> so but like, calm, I, but not healthy. <laughs> yeah, totally. And Matt is like the most, I mean, Matt's like insanely open-minded. I mean, he welcomes like any sort of growth or anything like he's into it immediately. Like I'm, Mm -hmm. I don't even have to spend one second being like, Hey, should we read this book about this? He's like, love it. Expanding my mind. I'm on it. (laughs) (laughs) So he's, yeah. And so I'm like, I, I feel like I cheated the system in that way that I'm like, Mm -hmm. it took no convincing. It took no hard conversations. I didn't have to tiptoe in and be like, Hey, should maybe Mm -hmm. you look into therapy or yeah. Yeah. It was like, I think we should do this. And I think it would be great if we practice this. And I read about this and, So I feel, I mean, lucky for a lot of reasons, but I honestly think that may be number Mm -hmm. one because it keeps us so open to new techniques to improve. Yeah, for sure. I did, we did premarital therapy, which was really nice. Um, And I always say that like, you should do it if for nothing else, then you've set a precedent that if something goes wrong in your marriage, you can easily go back to therapy. Like you've done it before. It's fine. It's so nice, but it really growth mindset. It's yeah, just saying like we can't figure out everything together. We need someone else sometimes who has like more information than we do. Mm -hmm. Even like as a therapist, you know, totally. Just I'm just thinking about what you just said, Taylor, about um, 
about the growth. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that just to tie it back to the gray area, I've just become, I, I feel like I've become comfortable not being very smart. <laughs> I mean, and I don't mean in like a degrading way. I just mean in a way of like, oh, I, there's a very good chance I don't have all the information. Right. Like there's a very good chance I don't understand this completely, which is not where I've always been. I haven't always been cool with being like, like I took a lot of pride in being like very, very like the smartest one there. Like mm-hmm. I, I really was like kind of probably too worried about it. And now I'm like, I like not knowing stuff. Like mm-hmm. I do this thing called the dumb, dumb club where we talk about dumb things that we learn later in life. And I'm like, I love, that. I really like it. Like I really enjoy not knowing things and being like, mm-hmm. Oh, I actually have a lot of room to grow and a lot of things I need to learn. Yeah. And that has helped me stay in the gray area too. To just be like, yeah, I don't know it all. And neither do any of us. So mm-hmm. We can yeah, probably stop okay. acting like we do. <laughs> I'll be okay. I do appreciate this because it is nice to have someone who has like, here's a platform for you to say, I didn't know this. And we'll all yeah. be like, I also didn't know that. Or like, that's hilarious that you didn't know that. And I didn't know this thing over here. And yes. it's like yeah. nice to have a place where you it's can like go. It's joining. one of those. It's, like it's such a joining thing. Yeah, totally. Like, and it's like, one of those things. It's one of the things I did not know was going to work. Like sometimes I'll get an idea in my head like, oh, this is going to, people are going to love yeah. this. This is going to be so cool. And then nobody cares about it. And I'm like, oh. And then the Dumb Dumb Club, I was like, this is so stupid. Nobody cares about these dumb things. And I'm like, oh, here we are eight months later. And it's like yeah. my number one thing that I talk to people about. I'm like, oh, that one works. People feel it. Good. They feel it because they do. They want, I think it's nice to be able to admit let go of that should, right? That it's mm-hmm. okay that I've done something wrong for like my whole life that everyone else has been doing right. Totally. Like, whoops. Like I'm not the only one. Okay, cool. That makes Yeah. Sense. And that's just like, that's like exactly how I feel about marriage. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, nobody is saying, Hey, this part sucks and this is really hard and this part's bad. Mm-hmm. And I don't have all the answers and we're just trying to figure it out. Everyone's like, you know, you go to, I feel like every time I go to my friends with a marriage problem, I am probably this friend too. If I'm, being honest about it, that I'm like, I have all the answers. Just come to me. I'll yeah. tell you what to do. You're having marriage problems. Yeah. I got it. And then, but my friends do that to me too. And I'm like, wait, do you really have the answers for fixing a marriage? Because like you that's should, impressive. Yeah. that's you impressive. Should, like I yeah, thought we were all going to go. Yeah. I thought we were all going to agree upon that. We don't know what's happening. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or it, the worst is when someone you like come with a problem or whatever, and people are like, I just, I don't know what that's like. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay, that's the worst like, feeling. Did you try waking life. up happier? I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll I try did that try that time. one time. But like, Did you drink hot lemon water in the morning? Maddie, you're on. You're just, you're great. Okay, well, yeah. I probably said this like a hundred times and everyone's like, shut up. But I feel very lucky to have gotten to talk with you guys. I had a great time. Likewise. Awesome. True. You guys, you guys just have that 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 presence that I'm like. I feel like I'm going to sleep well. I'm going to wake up refreshed. Ugh. I I aired out. I talked about things with people who are much smarter than me. <laughs> well, we're not. We're also members of the Dumb Dumb Club, but well, we're like here. grateful that you view us as a meditation moment for you, where you can absolutely kind of clear your mind, you know? safe space. This is my that's what you are for space. us. But in a different way, you know, like your podcast is that for us. Yeah, we're y- we're yin yang. 
we're yeah, balancing yes. each Amazing. other out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so true. Good. Yeah. Well, everybody check out the bad broadcast. It will make you smile. It will make you laugh. Mm-hmm. You'll learn new things. You'll join the Dum Dum Club. It's where you should be, honestly, on yeah. the internet. It is mm-hmm. so refreshing. So thanks, guys. Thank you, I really Maddie. Thanks, Maddie. That. Let's do it again soon. Thanks for joining us today. We want to create a community of inclusion where we can have conversations about topics that you need help with or have questions about. We want you to have a voice in this process, so please let us know what you want to hear about on future episodes. You can email us at thoughtspod at gmail.com, and if you search ThoughtsPod, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All original music is composed by Milan Vrijic from Valley of the Bears, and our logos are by Rick Thomas. Thanks for joining us.